Are we, is this the episode now? Are we a video games podcast? We're just video games. Yeah, we're going to do cancel culture for five minutes and then slip right over to video games so everyone feels comfortable again. That's true. Like, yeah, it's like you have to have your little salad, but then you can have dessert. ringer i'm half yeah i got you you were drinking when i said that you weren't ready yeah you did you were doing real good there and you know how i know because we're doing a video call today this is like we're doing video unprecedented uh, which you'll never see you'll never see it but we get to see it you'll miss the stains on my shirt well i mean if you can describe them in great enough detail it'll be like they're th- they're here with us uh just imagine that you ate something in your car after a drive through and uh, it's dripped on your shirt. And you were on the floor and it dripped onto your shirt? Yeah. Okay. Yes. That's fine. Yep. That's path, baby. Yeah. It's great. <laughs> hey. Oh, yeah. I'm I did hear it that. Back. Yeah. I did hear that a couple times. Anyway, what are we talking about today, path? Tell us. Uh, today we're talking about uh, discounts and video games. Nice. Nice. Yeah. No? A lot, lot of summer sales going on. A lot of summer sales going on. Yeah, I I got Uh, a message that uh, the PlayStation Network summer sale is over today and I haven't looked at anything and I, you know, I'm probably just missing out on all the deals. It's a sad moment for you. (laughs) I'm sorry. I regret it. Even now, as I'm thinking about it, I'm tempted to leave the podcast and go shop on the PlayStation Network. I am always tempted to leave the podcast. So I understand. <laughs> well, who knows? Maybe by the end of today, we won't have a podcast anymore because today's topic is cancellation and call it culture. Yeah. And so, which is a thing. So, in the spirit of that, we're canceling the podcast. Are we? No. Wait. Like now? You want to just- That'd be convenient because then we don't have to talk about it. But I do believe we were actually willing to talk about it. We, we mutually agreed that this was the thing to do. And, you know, it's a it's a cornerstone of furry social media. No, not just furry social media, but it's a big deal in furry social media. Um, yeah. And every day there are new examples of it, which is really exciting. I remember seeing in the last month, I think more than I'd ever seen before. Like it was just like one after another, after another, after another. And it was like, there was one day there was like three. I usually don't catch them in my main feed unless somebody else comments on them um which i think is probably a pretty good sign because at least it means i'm not directly following people who are immediately resorting to making call out posts about other people um because i i I think we'll get into this more but if that's something a person makes a habit of doing then there's another problem I think you have to start by like defining what what is cancel culture and what is call out culture and why is it called that? Let's do that. Let's do it. Path, are you ready to define it? Yeah. Do you want to define it? I'm sure. I'll 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 go for it. First off, you have to you have to separate between call outs and cancel. Like cancel culture comes from this is this is why I have an issue with like do I like this or not? Because the, it starts with people who are in positions of great power actually getting called out 
for for awful things by a number of people. Do you think this is kind of related to the the Me Too and other things? Yeah, that's when it really hits stride. It starts the whole the whole world uh, of of cancel culture of canceling something. Uh, it actually comes from Black Twitter, and they used it as parody in, in 2015. And then it kind of moves around, and it picks up steam as an actual like type of tactic to use uh, for Me Too, because now you can take down like was it Weinstein? He was one of them. Yeah, it was one of the big ones, right? Kevin Spacey. Yeah, you get your Kevin Spacey kind of situations, but like any of your the directors, all the casting couch kind of jerks. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and 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 that's people calling for cancellations and uh this moves on until it hits like james gunn even right uh for something he did years and years ago and that's i think the first use of, of cancel culture for like we haven't seen really bad behavior from this person recently but we have seen it if we go back far enough yeah uh and that's when people kind of start getting weird about it um and it didn't it finally becomes large enough in 2019 that in late last year, Barack Obama gives a talk uh, about how cancel culture and call-out culture could be dangerous for uh, any kind of liberal open discourse uh, in America. And when he did that, like it wasn't a huge deal. It was people saying, well, okay, thanks for that opinion. Uh, if he did that today, I think he he would be like called out for it. Uh, that was nine months ago, and like we're here now, and it's very different. It's a very different beast now. That's interesting because, like, in in my experience, I guess, like, I'm not as maybe not as plugged in, and I haven't been doing like the etymological research that you have with regards to its origin. So, like the the it starting as a parody and then and working its way into the like the mainstream lexicon is really interesting. But what I haven't really recognized is is a significant change between how people were behaving around it last year versus this year. It doesn't seem like it's gotten more prevalent, but maybe I'm just not seeing those examples. I think the biggest example you see of it becoming more and more prevalent uh, this year. Well, first off, I think in furry uh, specifically, it's just picked up so much. I think that's sort of a byproduct of COVID. Maybe. Because now you have all these people who live normal life too. So you had this thing where things happened online and they were exciting, but then you go to a con and it, it never translated. It didn't follow very well uh, to that reality. But now everyone, the cons are online. Your whole life is online. And now your, your online presence and existence is your lifeblood of all your socialization. So getting called out now can effectively end your social life if, if it cuts into your social circle quite enough to do that so it's very it's very different now that's true the impact of it i think is is potentially higher for the reasons that you stated i guess i was thinking more about like the frequency of it doesn't seem to be all that different to me but you know i could be wrong um i just remember like it's it's been an issue in furry for the, the past couple years you know ever since it hit the mainstream it's also been kind of a, a talking point for people in in furry who you know for whatever reason uh end up on the the bad side of it and i think the other thing we should talk about is like a lot of the times we use the terms interchangeably like call out versus cancel and we were talking before this about like what the exact difference between those terms is and i think cancel culture really applies a lot more to uh 
higher profile people. And I don't know, like obviously people and there are people in furry who have a pretty good reach. And so, you know, to, to cancel them, to make them somebody that people no longer listen to is still a valid idea. But it seems like a lot of the, the people who are on the receiving end of this in furry are more just the receiving end of a call out because they're not usually people, they're not necessarily people with a huge following. They're, they're someone who said a dumb thing and then somebody else called them out for it or they wronged somebody or they wronged a series of people, but they're not necessarily a person with a high profile in the fandom themselves. And so cancellation really applies, like we were saying before, cancellation really applies to someone who has something to actually be canceled yeah i think it's actually more narrow than that it's uh i don't think you can cancel a furry because to cancel somebody you need a central governing body that is convinced that what is going on is so bad that they should cancel it but furries are on such distributed platforms such as youtube and instagram and twitter that the fan base is so dispersed you can't cancel it you can't make 150,000 people think differently about uh, someone they've been following parasocially for a year. You can cut into it. You can cut into their growth. You could raise awareness, but you can't actually cancel somebody. And this, you can see with this with uh, J.K. Rowling, since the main body of her work has been done, uh, and her publishers, like she could just self-publish if she wanted to. Like she could find ways into market. She's very powerful that way, uh, and it definitely probably cut into her following, but so many fans that it's difficult to really cancel at that point um you can cancel a director i think in furry the closest you can get is maybe canceling a high level convention staffer because that is sort of a centralized authority from my perspective it seems like it's not always used in the most literal sense like you're not no you're not necessarily saying like celebrity uh did a thing and now they need to be whatever show they're on needs to end like that definitely does happen but sometimes it's just sort of like there there's this other version of canceling where the person just ceases to exist in the public eye or or yeah the opinion of them becomes so low that they they stop being relevant and i agree i think that's a lot of the time what it's speaking to more and that's that's why you could in theory cancel a furry if if something that they did was so egregious that everybody just sort of universally came together and agreed on that but uh you're right that it's not usually as coordinated as as that when it comes to furry right It, it would be you'd have to get them to cancel themselves Right. So like for a while you had the whole Caro the Wolf situation, right? When everyone became like a CSI investigator. And for a while he like it was crazy, right? People went in depth on that stuff. That was amazing. Um Kiro went away for a while. Like he was like, I gotta go. You know, people yeah. were like, Well, that that was a cancel and, and effectively that's what it did. Uh but then he came back and like he had a big fan base and it was like nothing happened. Yeah, it's it's rarely something that is is lasting unless you're actually costing them a job. Um, I mean, a, a good example of this is the one of the comedians who got hired for Saturday Night Live last season, and then it came out that he was saying, like, I don't remember if it was homophobic or racist stuff on a podcast, and then when people called him out on it, he doubled down. Yeah. And then uh, people complained so much that SNL just, like, rescinded the offer, and he was no longer part of SNL. Um. So like there's there's cancellation in that standpoint and he's probably still okay and he still has a career but I don't remember his name and a lot of people probably don't remember his name because he's not part of the thing that could have really 
you know, pushed him into being a household name. Yeah, that's a, that's a big career hit for sure. That kind of circles back to the calling out part of the cancellation. Like it, it seems like cancellation usually is is something that's called for uh, as a result of how initial callouts or or this initial information coming to light is. Like there are times where somebody will be people will call for someone's cancellation before that. Um, but a lot of the time it seems like, uh, it's a result of somebody, somebody's behavior being pointed out and then they double down on it instead of, you know, offering any sort of reasonable explanation or apology. One of the examples of, of that not being the case is like when Ellen was photographed sitting next to George W. Bush and everybody was like, no, we can't, no, no. And then Ellen went on her show and complained about cancel culture. And it was just like, no, it's still not making it better. Uh, you know, some things, some things are beyond an explanation. Uh, and especially if you're going to attack the people for calling you out on it, then. And obviously she didn't end up getting canceled, which speaks volumes about, you know, the power people have to cancel other people and, and how strong a voice for cancellation needs to be uh, when compared to how high profile somebody is. But uh, it's an interesting case study, if nothing else. Yeah, I've got, I've got real mixed feelings on, uh, I don't know, I want to call it council culture, but call it, I don't know, that's what it is, right? That's what people call it. Um, it is simultaneously something that is, I mean, it, the downsides are, it's deeply disproportionate. Uh, like if you if you get a successful cancellation off, and there's like a formula for it, they always have like the same sort of uh, set of tweets with the same set of evidence and whatnot. Um, and you you present it well enough, uh, it is devastating to someone's life very long term. And that, maybe that's proportionate, maybe it's not. But there's no court system that that's gone through, and there's no any kind of justice to that except for like well we just decided to sledgehammer it and that's going to solve the issue um so i i think in terms of the power of it and and it's just it's just like shooting a shotgun at somebody and maybe it hits really hard and maybe it misses um but when it hits like it's it's, it's devastating to people that's why it goes back to being something where you have to be responsible about it because if you're just wielding it you know all over the place and not keeping in mind the huge responsibility that comes with calling somebody out like that, you know, it, it goes from being something that very much should be a last resort to just the only tool in the toolbox. Right. Yeah. I think two things on that. One is I don't, I don't necessarily think we can coach individuals to do this or not do this because these, a lot of these call outs are coming from people who just like, and this is the there's a lot of invalid callouts where like you should not have done this. Uh, it's it's not a big enough deal, or it's specific to a situation that's just between two people, uh, and you didn't know how big it was going to get. And it depends on who's delivering it, who's receiving it, blah blah blah. Uh, and I don't know if that's something we can fix at the individual level. It's just a thing that it, because it's possible to happen, and we've seen good examples of it happening, people are empowered to do it. Um, so it's a Twitter problem and it's a social media problem. It's not an individual problem anymore. People are going to do whatever tools are available to them because there's a hundred thousand of them and they have different personalities. I, I realize that. And that's why kind of like just trying to speak to them at the individual level and say, Hey, like, it's not that you can't use this tool. It's just 
make sure it's the right situation for it and not just the only solution every time you have a conflict. Yeah. And then there's uh, like the other side of it is why I do like that this, this tool exists, which is it's a powerful way for people who do not have platforms and do not have the powers that some people do to alert people or bring out behavior that has consistently been accepted by everyone. And so when you slam it out like that, now people who like have no platform just need like basically for it to get picked up by a couple people. And now it's, it's an effective like message that they themselves could never have pushed. And, and when it went accepted, it found to be like, this is something we agree with. Uh, you will see a major pushback to people. Uh, you won't always because people can just kind of talk over it or not acknowledge it. And sometimes it just goes away. Uh, or your moral uh, outrage is not matched by other people for one reason or another, and then it doesn't pick up. But that's sort of social media. Uh, I agree with you. I, and that's why I'm saying it's not not a tool that's you know should never be used. There, there have been times where it's been deployed for a, a completely justified reason. But I think uh, getting into the habit of using it uh, is is dangerous, especially if the person with that habit is somebody who has a decent following themselves. It just becomes sort of like another way of bullying a person, and that that's where I start to worry about it. Yeah, there's a the worst case scenario, and this isn't even furry at this point. The worst case scenario is if you say something that out of context can look really good for a certain agenda. Yeah. And let's say you manage to pick up like alt-right trolls, which happens. They go pick it up. They pick your tweet up. They move it to their sphere, rile those people up. And, and now you have like an army of 2,000 people that just go after you, which is an art they have. That's the thing that they, they consistently do. There was a, a video of somebody like being very aggressive in us. I think it was like a Costco or something in Florida. Uh, about about masks and somebody went out and basically did tons of research and kind of went nuts on them to find out where they worked and tried to get them fired. I think it did manage to get them fired. Uh, and then alt-right trolls picked up uh, tweets that supported go- taking that guy down, the marketing guy down, the, uh, and then they just ripped into him. And like people who made the original tweets like ended up being used as a call-out. First, it was never meant to be a call-out. Like it just... It just rips somebody up and they're just sitting there on the sidelines now. In furry, I don't think you see as much of that so much. Like it's it's pretty confined as long as it doesn't leave the fandom sphere. Any tweet that, by the way, leaves the fandom is just who knows what's gonna happen. I and mean, that's a, that's always a weird moment. That's that's the weird part, is we always think about it in terms of uh it's gonna be helpful, we should let people know. But the downside is like you don't know who gets a hold of something and destroys somebody. Yeah. That's, that's the downside of it. It's, it's, it's such a sledgehammer and you don't know. It's viral. Every time you see someone torn apart by this stuff, uh, the person that posted it in the first place uh, is often like, I had no idea that was going to happen and I don't like what's happening to this person. Uh, the dog park situation in New York. There are different categories, right? So like the dog park situation is is different from furry because uh you know that's an example of a, a stranger who recorded another stranger which i think was right to do because obviously she was putting him in a, a position of danger in furry what people are doing is calling out other people that they they know 
Um, they're not just calling out random strangers most of the time, it seems. Uh, and so it's this weird, different, somewhat personal thing that happens. Like, sometimes it very much is just sort of airing dirty laundry, it seems. I don't know. I guess I it, it's hard for me to tell exactly what they're looking for. Like, they're just mad at the person uh, for for being slighted somehow, and they want everybody else to be mad along with them, and they want to feel validated uh, compared to, like, this person was saying bigoted things like they're those are two different scenarios and one of them feels more appropriate to to call somebody out publicly than the other i guess there's so many different types and it's probably important to clarify between the types like if someone's being racist like yeah you know call that out especially if there's a pattern of it uh and it's recent uh i don't like when someone digs back seven years or, or whatnot. I think that's actually a, a Twitter problem. And I almost wish the Twitter would make it so that you can't retweet something that's over a certain age. Yeah. Because when you bring something from the past back, that isn't like a historically set pattern. Like it stopped happening way back when. Uh, first off, it discounts the idea that people can change. And secondly, it brings sensibilities from the history of, of you know, eight years ago to today where people are going to get hurt again. And it's usually not like, they were hiding what they did eight years ago it was usually you can find it because it was very public and it just resonated differently in the time. Yeah. That's, that's part of the challenge is like, what did they do now that sent you looking for something that they said eight years ago or, or looking back through their timeline to find something that proves that they're a bad person. And the existence of that, like doesn't necessarily indicate that they're still a bad person or, or, simply could just be that they made a misjudgment at the time. But yeah, I agree with what you're saying. And, you know, the the theme in all of this is obviously uh, try to be, you know, a good person and, and think about what you say and think about how your words impact others. But it, it seems like even that's not enough to misstep at times. And if you misstep and, and you're not given the opportunity to make amends before somebody, uh, you know, puts a wanted poster up with your face on it, that's where the trouble starts to happen. I think cancellation when somebody has a history of bad behavior or, or call-outs when somebody has a history of bad behavior aren't nearly as objectionable as, as calling out somebody's, you know, poorly worded tweet or things like that where the person hasn't shown any sort of indication that they're, they're not acting in good faith. I think uh, this actually intersects really weird in furry because in furry you have like, you know, and in, in microcosmic popularity almost like we're yeah. within, yeah. within just furry, you have suddenly popularity um, and that makes weird effects. So right now it looks like you can take down basically any furry personality that is popular and they're all problematic. That's, that's the impression you almost get from looking at Twitter. And I think the reason you get that is it's, it, there's a few, but one of them is it is only a popular person that can be interesting enough to really follow down a call out. Uh, and enough people are interested that you'll get that small percentage that are going to go do that research. They're so going to put in the hours and hours and hours to go do the research, to go dig up more and find more and find clips of, of pieces of Twitch and find clips of old tweets and find old chat room pieces. Yeah. It's not as juicy if nobody cares about the person. Yeah. Uh, popular people are also turning out content. Like that's how they get there. They're always putting out content. So when you, when you have that, that kind of malstorm of 
someone making a lot of content and people on the other side of it, like looking through that content with the sifter of like, can I find garbage you did? Uh, the answer is almost always yes, because they don't have PR degrees. Like they're not thinking about making sure everything looks very clean, especially when they weren't popular uh, or or they're, they feel safe because they're with friends, quote unquote, um, but they're also in public. Yeah, it's definitely an instance where you see a lot of that on like live streams and stuff where people are, are just like hanging out as friends and they let their guard down. And it's fair to say that if they're like that with friends, it's a it's a reflection of who they truly are. And I'm not saying that that they don't deserve to be like confronted about it. Right. Like saying something bigoted, whether you're among friends or saying it on a public forum is still it, it's reprehensible either way. And unfortunately, if your friends aren't going to follow through and say, hey, you shouldn't say that, like you're going to think it's OK to keep doing. That's rough. That's kind of rough. Yeah. I don't agree with somebody who says something bigoted, whether it, it, regardless of where they say it, I wish that, you know, at that point, again, it's the friend's responsibility to step up. And if the friends aren't stepping up, then they're failing the community in a way because they're allowing this behavior to continue on their watch. And if they're not going to step up and, and comment about it, then obviously other people will find that later on. And if the person isn't corrected and, and, sort of allowed to make changes they're gonna they're gonna keep doing it yeah it's a very very messy topic and uh i guess the point of it is <laughs> be a good person and be willing to <laughs> hear people when they have criticisms of you but if you're the one making those criticisms do at least a little bit of due diligence to find out whether the person who who wronged you or wronged the community has a history of doing it or if this was a fluke and and if it's the latter like approach them directly about it because chances are they would be willing to listen and if if they don't at least you can say hey i tried you're also more vulnerable if you're older yeah well i mean partially because you've you've been around longer so there's more history there but also because you're not necessarily as progressed I don't want to say as progressive, you like you might have a progressive mentality, but you might not be as caught up on on what things are OK to say or not. Like there are things that have always been terrible to say, but every year there are new things that are that become more sensitive. And there, there are things that people might not have blinked at before. And now saying them is like, mm, maybe be careful about that. But if nobody is in your circle is correcting you and you just you know, spit it out on a tweet, you know, it's, it's possible that somebody will just like screenshot that and be like, look at this asshole. Yeah. I think it's I also like, you have that, that sort of cultural context of like, if you grew up in, in the eighties and nineties, like what was considered funny then what you saw in sitcoms then, what you ingested in media then were so super different. Like the way gays were portrayed, very different. Uh, trans was not even like a thing that you didn't make fun of because it was like the only characters, the only time you saw trans people is either you happened to know one, uh, to know somebody who was going through that, or you saw it on TV, and it was never well done on TV uh, back then. Um, so you kind of have to move with the times a little bit. And because Twitter keeps a history of who you were throughout that time, now, luckily for most people, Twitter didn't come along until like, well, I guess 13 years ago, it was 2003, 2006? Uh, Mid-2000s, yeah. Mid-2000s, right? Starts picking up. Uh, so, I mean, if you, if you had twi Twitter going back to, like, 1980, if you did that thought experiment, 
most people would have a lot of bigotry, racism, and unintended hate in in their backgrounds. And not because they're awful people, because these are all people who have adapted and grown, hopefully, but because at the time, that's I mean, you're a product of, of your inputs and your outputs and who you talk to, your education. And especially if you're like, if you're 18 and you grow up in a really bigoted household and you're very like kept away from the world, uh, then you're going to come out with really garbage opinions until you until you find the right people to help you adjust. I mean, the the example when I was in high school was talking about how gay everybody was. Yeah. Right. Like we all yeah. went through that and that lasted for a long time. And it's it's only it feels like it only was getting into the 2010s when people started saying, hey, you have to stop saying this. Like you've had a, a good long run of using this as an insult. Please stop using gay as an insult now. And up until that point, like people said it without much thought. And a lot of people didn't even put stock into to what they were actually saying. It didn't necessarily, it just sort of was what it was because that's what everybody, especially in the, the small town where I went to school uh, in the late 90s, that was just a thing people said. And there was very little consideration about it at the time. Yeah. I'm- Society has changed so much, and that, I'm glad it has. It was. I'm really glad. Yeah, I I think we're both uh, we both uh, had a decent run so far, and we've seen how how things have evolved from when we were kids to to where they are now. And I think we can we both agree that we're in a better spot. We're in a you know as much as it doesn't feel like it uh, in the U.S. right now when you look at the news, uh, we are generally getting better we're getting more understanding and and progressive about uh like identity stuff and orientation and gender and and all of that and i i really am so happy to see that it's really cool to be watching this evolve and and see people come to an acknowledgement or or people acknowledging and, and discovering that it's all on a spectrum there's there's not really a binary for a lot of this stuff People are just, they can be whatever they feel they are and and eventually will hopefully be cool with it. Yeah, and if you say something awful that somebody says, it might, I, like you've been saying, it might be an, an opportunity to, to educate somebody who doesn't realize that, that things hit differently to different perspectives. Uh, I had Yeah. I had one tweet I know way back when, like in the first year or two I was on Twitter, so like, who cares? Uh and like I made it and I had two really good friends who like jumped on it right away and were like, this is super problematic. Uh, and it was in ways I hadn't thought of. Uh, so I deleted it and, and now I know better. That's good. And you learn over time. You start learning to think in terms of like, is this going to hurt people? Um, and not everyone's perfect at it, uh, but you, you start to figure out like what you should be able to say, what you can't say. Uh, and you, of course, you never find out until if you're miscalibrated until like either someone friendly has corrected you and you learn something. And I think this is going to be real big for like people trying to learn not to use AAVE or people trying not to misappropriate. Uh, you have to, there's going to be a lot of education going on uh, in terms of, of what what's not hurting people. Because I don't think anyone makes a joke with the intention of hurting their audience. And when you write to Twitter, you're writing to the world. And it's so helpful to have somebody come and help you with that versus if you call out somebody for that, that sort of educates them, but mostly they're just concerned about their lives now and they don't 
you don't learn about the thing you want them to learn about in a caring way. You just learn the world is awful and I don't want to be a part of it right now. And that's, that's a very different thing. Yeah, and, and it also puts them on the defensive immediately. And it's tough because if it's a person you don't know to say, hey, you don't know me, but here's why what you said was offensive. Yeah isn't necessarily going to be super effective and it may be super uncomfortable. And it kind of comes back also to like, should it really be a stranger's responsibility to like correct somebody every time they see a transgression like this, like a good citizen would do it, but who's to know whether other people have tried or not. And, and the honest shouldn't necessarily be on a random stranger being kind enough to, to pull you aside and be like, here's why what you said was bad. Like you really have to hope that, you have friends who are willing to confront you about that um, because they know how to get in touch with you. They know you enough to, to understand whether this is uh, out of character behavior and, and are willing to sit down and have a conversation with you. But by putting them on the defensive publicly, it just puts them in a situation where they have to try to justify. Like most people won't react well to it, whether they behaved poorly or not, like whether it was a misunderstanding or not. Nobody wants to be called out in public, uh, and it's it's a bad experience even if they didn't actually do anything. Well, especially because now you have 10,000 people who didn't know you existed, uh, and they're angry at you <laughs> because of this one thing you did. That's, that's the hard part, like just taking a moment of your life, and now you're judged on that moment of your life. Yeah, yeah, it's not great. I, I'm... I've been fortunate to be in a situation where when I said something that made somebody feel bad, they came to me directly and I was able to apologize. And uh, that was, I was just very appreciative. Like even in that moment, you, you get that like heated feeling behind your ears because you know, you fucked up. Right. <laughs> um, and yeah. like you're, you're sitting there and, and at least when it's one person, you can sit there for a second and be like, no, they're right. I did a bad thing and I need to be the one who says, hey, I'm sorry, I you know, misjudged, I made a bad choice and I apologize. And, and fortunately we moved on from that. But you know, that person could have like called me out instead and I probably would have ended up having the same reaction. I like, to, I like to imagine that if it ever happened, it would be something that I'd be able to not justify, but own up to and apologize for. But I don't know. Like, I, I don't want to get into confrontations like that. And that's why I do my best to try to avoid them before they even start. That's not the only reason. I mean, that's part of just trying to be a nice, <laughs> respectful, responsible person. God, isn't that the goal, though? Like, isn't that what we want? <laughs> we just want to be it would nice be. It would be great. Yeah. I mean... You know, it's great if you're trying to behave and, and be a quote unquote good person, but it shouldn't be because you're worried about other people calling you out for not being a good person. It should just be like you recognizing that that's the person you want to be. And then the lack of people coming after you would follow naturally to that. And or if they did come after you, other people would jump in and say, hey, no, I think you've kind of misjudged the situation here. But I'll say again, it's a very messy situation when it happens most of the time. Um, and unfortunately, it's also very entertaining, which means it gets a lot of uh, engagement very quickly because, it, you know, when it gets real juicy and you see somebody that 
has, you know, 10,000 or 20,000 followers getting called out, like you can't help but click on it and be like, oh, what's the, what's going on here? Right. And the, the most effective call outs aren't going to be like the, the most accurate and heartfelt. They're going to be like what looks best on the cover of a tabloid, because if you want 10,000 people to care about someone's actions, it's got to look good. Yeah. And I do think that's a kind of a good litmus test too. Like if somebody's just like positioning it in a way that will get the most traction, it feels like it somewhat speaks to their motives a lot of the time. And let me let me say this in a way that I want to acknowledge that there are absolutely great times for call-outs to happen. There's great times for it. There's been great effect sometimes, and I certainly agree with it. Um, but there, there are, I think, accounts that exist purely to gain clout based on can I take somebody down in an interesting way. Absolutely. <laughs> You've seen this where like, there's a big accusation and then like some days later they're like actually no i take that back we talked about it and it's fine like maybe you think i'm calling out a specific instance but i've seen it so many times it's just it happens a bunch and so there's really awful uses for this i guess there's also this this idea that unless somebody is called out they won't engage to actually try to clarify anything so i don't know like i guess if if you're some random person who who tries to DM somebody who has tens of thousands of followers and they don't respond to you, maybe you feel like you have no other choice. It's, yeah. Yeah, it gets real messy. I've seen a tweet where they're like, you know, here's the problem. I need these two people to respond to me. And they didn't, because why would you? Like, that's dangerous already. Everything's dangerous once you start that game. Uh, I have a cynicism where if if you message me to tell me, like, I think you did something bad, like I'm immediately watching everything I say because I, I 100% expect you to screenshot it and put it somewhere. I don't trust you. And that's, that's because I just, I've seen so many awful things. There are instances where it's, it feels more justified. And that's when we're talking about somebody who's like in a, in the position of being a commissioner, right. And they're, they're trying to get a hold of the person they commissioned. And, and if they're saying this person hasn't responded to me, that feels a little different than if they're just talking about another random unrelated person. But again, that goes back to just the granularity of things like this and how there are no two circumstances where things are exactly identical. And it's, it's those minute differences that, that determine whether it's the right course of action or whether it was a, a misjudgment. Yeah. Cause you see it anywhere from like this person's harming children all the way to this artist was mean to me. Right. <laughs> like the validity is, is all over the board on this. So like, as a person reading it, it's, it's kind of up to you to see like, what do you mean? Uh, but as the person writing it, it's ultimately up to, to you to decide like, is this, why are you doing, why are you doing this call out? What do you want from this call out? And uh, do you think, do you think this works out? Like, I don't know. It's complicated. This stuff is really crazy complicated. But the more followers you have, uh, the more obligated you are to be responsible about how you use callouts because there are people who will jump in to defend you and go after the other person if you're a person who has a, a big following. And, and they'll do that because they trust you for whatever reason uh and and aren't looking at the situation objectively they just know that they like you because you do something that made them follow you and because you're mad at this other person they should be mad at this other person so i think you when you're calling somebody out you have to be cognizant of of your audience as well and and think about whether 
there are people who are or more on the side of your friends who look at things objectively and want what's best for you, but also are are more grounded in reality? Or are they a bunch of people who are fans who are going to rush into your defense without considering all of the circumstances? The best example of that is President Trump. Oh, my God. Like, he knows what he's doing when he calls someone out. And like, he's got an army of people now who want death threats against people. Right. Right. With little regard to what accuracy there is or isn't, mostly isn't. <sighs> it's great that we have such a high profile example. That's the I can't think of a higher profile example. But yeah, if you're if you're in furry and you have a bunch of followers, you have the ability to blindly sick people on other people. I think it's and sometimes people do it without even realizing it. But if you're actively going out of your way to like call somebody out, you have to be really thoughtful about how you do it the more people who are are watching what's the problem is you don't have to be now there's no check or balance on any of this you just do it and if you do it artistically enough you're effective i guess i should say you should be because it's the the right way to exist versus it's something that you're forced to do obviously you can behave however you want on (laughs) twitter.com Um, but there are ways that will result in you earning more respect and there are ways that will result in you losing respect from other people in the community. And sometimes you'll get more respect from some and less respect from others. So it just depends on what kind of respect you're looking for and from whom. I think effectively, like ultimately, this is going to be about the infrastructure of social media itself. And they have to figure out how do we keep the good parts of call out culture where there's a democracy of opinion from finally where one person's not arbitrating what we believe or what we think it's it's distributed but where we aren't gamifying the system so much that all the negative pieces of it are going to be disproportionate and going to be sledgehammers and may not even be valid it just right now the whole thing is written for emotion it's all it has nothing to do with like what is factually right there's no court system it's all emotional the more emotional your call out is the more effective it is. Do you make me angry? I'm on top of it now. Do you, do you make me like just outraged? Then we can get a lot of movement on this. Yeah, it's it's entirely emotional. And, you know, sometimes that, that makes sense because it's a, some of these interactions, especially when it, especially where bigotry comes into play or, or hate come into play, like, of course, people are going to be emotional about it. But I think all of there's an aspect of emotion in all of it because nobody goes onto Twitter uh, to make a call out post who isn't feeling emotional at the time because I think that is your natural reaction when you're in those emotions is I want to burn this person to the ground. Yeah, I I don't mean that the person making the post is not emotional and clearly something has moved you with some passion to to act, uh, but there is an art to making your case in the most emotionally powerful oh, way. Oh, yeah. Uh, which is also what a prosecutor tries to do, isn't it, in the, court, right. in the courtroom? Or advertising. <laughs> or advertising, uh, 100%. Like, it's all manipulation of emotion. So the better you can manipulate people, like, the more effective uh, your brand of justice is going to be. And that's weirdly what kind of call out comes to, is, like, I have decided that there is no justice in the world until I make it, and I'm going to make my own. Yeah, that's an interesting way to state it. It's it's vigilanteism. I'm I'm the law now. I am the law. Maybe if I write it well enough. Otherwise, maybe no one cares. I might be the law. <laughs> and you can see the cynicism in this, where like someone will say, like you know, this call out's really important, but no one's going to care because it's a popular person, which is weird to me because like popular people get hit by Twitter 
call-outs all the time in very effective ways. The reverse psychology. Sometimes it doesn't take. <sighs> all right, so we solved call-out culture, right? I think we fixed it. Cool. Do you want to see my bruise? Like, yeah, what do you got a bruise from? I don't know. It's just like I've got this like round bruise on my arm. It's like a perfect gray circle. Why is it so round? I think I got hit with a baseball. Did you? And you know who has a baseball? You. Yeah? This is a call-out path. Do you think I hit you with the baseball from here? I'm going to record this conversation and splice it so it sounds like you threw a baseball at me. We have an Animal Noises baseball, and I have it on my desk, and I love it. That's the one. That's the one that hit me. Your Honor, that's the baseball that hit me in the arm. It's exhibit one. It's uh. Yeah. You have it on your desk now after you threw it at my arm. Yeah, it bounced off you. It did. It bounced. Back. <laughs> Back to here. All the way back to Texas. All the way back to Texas. Uh, I don't know why I have a bruise on my arm, but uh, that's a fun mystery I've been working on today. I, I hope you uh, figure that out. I'm not going to. I, I have bruises and stuff and cuts, and I don't know why. You go to sleep, you wake up, there's problems. Yeah. We're old, Path. That's the problem. Oh. <laughs> I hate to be the one to tell you, but that's why. That's okay. At least we're not dead. Not yet. It's fine. There's still time. Not yet. <laughs> There's still time. We're working on it. So thank you for <laughs> listening to Animal Noises. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Animal Noises Now. Uh, and you can find us on the internet at animalnoises.co. And I have been Ringer. I, I'm still Path. And the, he's still Path. And yeah. thank you very much for listening. And we're very happy we could solve all of the furry problems today. So please recommend us to your friends. <laughs> and make like 10 more. But not this episode, because the, we'll get canceled. <laughs> this is the last episode. It might be. All right. You never know. That's true. You, know, you never know. 100% accurate there. That's path, baby. Yeah. <laughs>